Hi, I'm Kelsey Zeiser. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today I'm talking with Ian Morris about how automated telcos really are and what's actually contributing to job cuts in the telecom industry over the past few years. We of course discuss the impact of chat GPT on automation and also whether some automation technologies such as intent-based networking have successfully changed the course of automation in the industry. Hey Ian, thanks for joining me on What's the Story? Hi, Kelsey. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. So you recently uh, wrote an article about telcos not looking so very brutally automated. Can you tell us a little bit about um, you know what you mean by that? Yeah. I love the headline, yeah. by the way. <laughs> headline. Yeah, well, the headline comes from an event I was at years ago, actually, in 2017, I think, when that expression was used by... Um, Deutsche Telekom, their deputy CTO, he, he, he sort of stood up on stage. I don't, I don't know if you remember back then, but there was a lot of talk about automation in the industry. It seemed like every event was to do with automation. And he stood up on stage in The Hague and said that, you know, we need to be, we need to have brutal automation to succeed. You know, this, this idea of having, you know, networks, I guess, that can kind of monitor themselves and self-heal and work out what's gone wrong and um, you, you had all these expressions floating around at the time, like closed loop, um, meaning there's, there's kind of people not really involved in the process. And we've had a lot of talk about intent-based networking, which is essentially you kind of issue an instruction saying what you want the network to be able to achieve. And um, the software takes care of it. It will carry out all the different steps that you need to get to that point, And you take a lot of human effort out. Um and it's interesting because it's not it's not that telcos haven't been cutting jobs. I mean, if you look at something we do quite regularly at Light Reading is track headcount in the sector across the biggest companies. And it's come down by thousands in the last few years. And especially in America, if you look at AT&T and Verizon, I had a story up last week about how many jobs they cut in, you know, the last three months of 2022 alone. But I think a lot of the cuts have come through just ordinary efficiency saving measures, really. And coming out of businesses that haven't really worked. I mean, obviously, AT&T had its big time war takeover. Um, we had Verizon doing a similar thing with, you know, uh, media assets that it had bought and then decided that it was going to offload. And um, what you see happening in Europe is not quite on the same scale, but you see operators maybe not replacing people when they retire, you know, or selling off assets, um, towers being one of them, and just sort of ordinary efficiency stuff, really. And I think a lot of the this idea that telcos would be brutally automated, to, to use that expression, which kind of conjures up an, an image for me of, you know, a system that really runs itself and doesn't have very many people in at all, I don't think it's really happened. And I'm not begging for it to happen, by the way. I think the idea of cutting tens of thousands of jobs in one instant is quite scary. And um, but it seems interesting at the moment, I think, because there's a lot of talk about things like chat GPT and where that could, you know, where that, where that, what that could mean for people like us who are in the writing profession, you know, is it, is it all it's cracked up to be, you know, could you, could you replace some, some tasks that, you know, or, or could it go further than that and actually become a, a kind of journalist in itself that, you know, doesn't have a name or a face, but just kind of cranks out stories. Um, so I think, I, I, I think we've seen 
we've seen some examples of automation being used in operators. Obviously, it's not that it hasn't gone anywhere. It hasn't quite got to the stage that I think he was suggesting. And um, I think it'd be quite difficult to do that in Europe with labor rules and regulations. You can't just obviously, you can't just obviously cut jobs. You'd have, you have unions there protesting. I mean, I imagine it'd be incredibly unpopular to do in other parts of the world and difficult to push through. And then I think probably some of these technologies haven't been maybe what they were cracked up to be yet. You know, we haven't quite, we haven't quite got there. Um, you know, tr- trusting something to a machine and taking people out of the process completely is quite a risky move, I think. And it raises all sorts of ethic- ethical considerations. Um, and the idea, I think, that you can sort of redeploy staff, you know, you have people maybe who are involved in some of these routine functions, you can redeploy them and have them do other stuff. I mean, that's all very well, but the retrading itself is going to be quite hard. Something I think Vodafone wants to do in some of its operations is have more software people in the in the team and do that partly by retraining. But it's a huge challenge to do that. Um, and yeah, that's that's a really good point. And that that's something that um, I think would come up, uh, you know, in the past when I'd ask service providers, well, does more automation mean job cuts or, you know, people are... Um, you know, rendered obsolete and they were saying, well, no, it, it, you know, frees you up to do things that you're more interested in and you um, don't have to focus as much on the manual aspect, but you make a really good point that that also means that they're responsible for retraining that huge workforce. Yeah. And that's, that's the general answer when people get, when that gets thrown at somebody, you know, isn't automation going to lead to loads of job cuts? And obviously the operators don't want to say it's going to lead to mass unemployment and create that perception. But at the same time, they want to cut costs. So it's very, it's quite a difficult question for them to answer really, because you don't cut costs by um, not taking jobs out of the workforce. You know, you have to make some reductions. You either have to reduce hours that you spend, that you know, and contracted labor, or you have to stop people from, from work, you have to remove them to, to save money. And this idea of redeploying people on other tasks, you know, if you do that, then automation then isn't about cost savings. It's arguably about something else and realizing other types of benefits. But the question is, how do you measure that? You know, I mean, I mean, to me, the two most important things that investors look at really when they're ass- assessing the performance of a, a company is sales and profits you know it's costs and it's how much money you're making and you know if you can't show that automation's reduced costs then you presumably will have to show that it's helped to boost sales by you know for instance one of these software engineers that used to find faults and sort problems out maybe he goes off and comes up with some whizzy new services and they you know they help to boost revenues at the company but there hasn't there's not a lot of evidence of that is there i mean we don't see telcos reporting sales growth from new initiatives and things that they've been doing there is generally flattish growth and connectivity business so so the story doesn't quite square really at the moment but um it's one to watch i mean it's a, it's an interesting topic it's, it's not just interesting in telecom and there's loads of talk about it because of chat gpt specifically i think this year and it that in itself is curious i think because if you have that level of ai sophistication in in something like using language creatively let's say then presumably there's there's all sorts of other implications for for software in you know in other types of work as well and um chat gpt in itself could have an impact on staff in any kind of business you know it's telecom or you know or finance or retail so 
yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the worrying thing for me generally is is just the the, the trend line. I think in in the sector, and, and as I say, I don't think a lot of it is to do with automation, but that loss loss of th- thousands of jobs. I mean, you go back to twenty twelve, and it was a much much bigger industry in terms of how many people it's in, it, it employed, and you know that doesn't sound very healthy, really. To me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought your um the you know, table that you included, um, with the different telcos and how, um, their headcount has changed over the years was really interesting, um, to look at, because unfortunately it is going down, um, for a lot of them in a fairly significant way. Um, and, you know, at the same time, there's been a discussion for a while now that there's a lack of skilled workers, um, for cybersecurity. So, um, you know, what, it, what does it mean that they're reducing all these jobs, but at the same time kind of complaining that there's not the skilled workforce available, but then also pushing automation? It's kind of an interesting uh, dichotomy. Yeah. And a lot of those jobs that they've cut have obviously gone, I think a lot of those people have gone into um, tech companies, actually, mm-hmm. so on the technical side, that when jobs have been cut, people involved in network jobs, I think have probably been able to find work with big tech, which for years has grown. But obviously, all of a sudden, that's now having its own contraction and um cutting a sizable number of, of positions um so it's yeah it's kind of worrying times i mean the the good thing is that the jobs market generally in the us as i understand it is is actually pretty good unemployment rates not especially high or anything but the 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 you know the the general perception i think in, in telco and certainly big tech at the moment as well is it's not really a particularly nice place to be yeah. And you mentioned, um, you know, IBM or intent-based networking earlier. I haven't yeah. really heard as much. I feel like we heard a lot in the beginning a few years ago uh, yeah. and there was discussion, you know, was it a marketing term or was it an actual, um, you know, beneficial technology? Um, are, are you yeah. hearing anything I, more I, about I, that lately or is that kind of died down? No, yeah. so I did another podcast with our sister site, telecoms.com, and we had someone from Juniper on, and he was talking a little bit about it. It's something that they they push as part of their product offering. So I think it's there, but, um, you know, again, how how much of a difference it's made, I don't know, because it sounds very far-reaching if you can... And, and he sold it in quite a good way. He was saying with, you know, the idea is not about cutting people because you want to save costs. It's actually about addressing faults. You know, it's this idea that if you have having people involved in doing some of this stuff is likely to lead to errors. Um, I mean, I don't know if you, I've never done any kind of level of sophisticated programming or coding. The closest I ever got was years ago when I had ZX Spectrum and I used to sort of type out little games from a manual. Then <laughs> I think the language is basic or something it's called. Mm-hmm. But if you got one semicolon in the wrong place or something, the whole thing would, I mean, you'll know from HTML, you put the forward slash in the wrong position and all of a sudden your web page is not working and it it look, it's a nightmare and i think that's the thing he's talking about is these routine things like that um if you can get people out of the, the process and have a machine doing it which is reliable then it, it just stops things like that from happening and probably people don't find things like that very fun to do anyway so in that in that i can i can see the arguments for it there but um yeah, as you say, it's it's one of those phrases it was doing around a few years ago, and you, you do hear less mm-hmm. about it. I mean, closed loop assurance is another one I don't hear being thrown out as much, and I'm sure it's there. It's just it, it's we like these buzzwords, don't we? And I think the media <laughs> and the analysts kind of seize onto it, and then they move on and get distracted by something else. And the moment it's obviously it's all 
standalone 5G and um, open RAN and, and other things that have kind of caught our attention. But um, probably we, we will hear about automation again and we will hear about, you know, some of these technologies. Yeah, for sure. I like the HTML um, analogy because that's one I can definitely relate to. Yeah, of like, crap, like, where did I mess up? And, you know, then you eat up all this time trying to figure that out. And, exactly. And like, Let me just redo the whole thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, very much. All so. right. Ian, well, thanks so much for going over this with us and um, look forward to, uh, you know, you keeping a tab on how brutally automated things will actually be. <laughs> thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much, Ian, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our wonderful producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.